Kia ora, welcome to the Catch Podcast where we discuss issues that affect missional communities and church plants. I'm Scotty Reeve, I'm the head of the Catch Network um, and I spend my life helping missional communities and churches to renew themselves. Kia ora, I'm Jazz, I live in community here in Wellington and I'm also a law student. Uh, Scotty, why are we here? Yeah, why are we here? Well, we are really lucky here in Wellington and Te Whanganui Atara to be surrounded by people with an enormous amount of wisdom and experience creating communities like the ones we're talking about. And uh, late last year, I started thinking about all the concepts we take for granted here. And every time I thought of one, I wrote it down on a notepad. And by the end of the year, I had 70 concepts written down. And so our desire really is to grab some of the great things we take for granted that we talk about all the time and to share those with a wider audience. And I've invited you, Jazz, to join me. Why are you here? Well, Scotty, you're a 37-year-old man and I'm a 20-year-old woman. So I guess I'm here to offer the perspective of my generation, but also to ask some questions that maybe our listeners would be wondering. Yeah, exactly. So the reality is that uh, sometimes I get talking and you'll hear I go for a while and sometimes I miss things or I say things which um, you may not agree with. And so Jazz is going to be the voice of reason here in the room for my rants. Is that right? Hopefully. We'll we'll see. Awesome. Cool. All right, let's get into it. Cool. Well, Jazz, we've spent a couple of weeks talking about the kind of sociological case for renewal, a little bit of a history lesson on the Welsh renewal, Azusa Street Revival, Ratana here Mm. in Aotearoa. And this week I want to turn to if this is a moment of renewal that we are living in, how is it that we should live into that? Like what can we actually do while we wait for that hunger to grow in people and and, and for um, God to meet us in that hunger? And so three things I'm really thinking about at the moment. And the first of them, um, I am inspired by a quote. There was an Anglican priest who actually went along to the Welsh renewal and he wrote kind of a, a bit of a summary of it. His name was the Reverend G. Campbell Morgan, and this was in 1904. And he said, you may ask, how has this come about? Where did this all begin? But in the name of God, let us all cease to find it. At least let us cease trying to trace it to any one man or convention. You cannot trace it, and yet I will trace it tonight. Whence has it come? A praying remnant have been agonizing before God about the state of the beloved land, and it is through that that the answer has come. You may tell me that the revival originates with Evan Roberts. You may tell me that it began in a camp meeting where a dear girl bore testimony But if you or I could stand above Wales looking at it, you would see fire breaking out here and there and yonder and somewhere else, without any collusion or prearrangement. It is a divine visitation in which God is saying to us, see what I can do without the things you are depending on. See what I can do in answer to a praying people. See what I can do through the simplest who are ready to fall in line and depend wholly and absolutely upon me. And so the particular part of that, there's a lot in there, that dependency on God, I think is really significant, these ideas of holiness. But I think that line, you know, from where has it come? A praying remnant have been agonizing before God. And uh, really, this is where a couple of months ago, when I felt some of the stuff starting to bubble up, 
immediately felt this need to get together with a few other people <laughs> and to begin to pray. Um, and it's interesting, eh, when we look back at the history of these renewals, how it often began with a small collection of people who just committed to prayer. And so we have had this little prayer meeting we do every three or four weeks in our chapel in Brooklyn, uh, where we come together and a huge focus of it is just worship, making Jesus central again, um, repenting of what we need to repent of and just going, God, like, renew our hearts, make us hungry. And one of the pictures we've had as we've done that is kind of that over COVID in these last few years, it's like there was a bonfire and all the coals were kicked down the beach and they're all going out in isolation. But God is saying, regather the coals, kind of mm. gather the fire back together again. So the first thing I think we need to be doing at the moment is bring together praying remnants. We need to find groups of people who are getting hungry and want to come together and, and usher in what God is doing. But the second thing I think we need to do is summarized by those words of Florrie Evans, that young woman in the Welsh renewal who just yelled out, I love Jesus with all of my heart. Mm. And I think uh, it was interesting when I started to kind of get a sense that God was maybe doing some kind of a renewal thing as I, I started to put on my leadership kind of strategy hat and I started to think, okay, well, what resource do we need? How are we going to disciple people? You know, like started going to the big picture and then I felt the spirit be like, stop um, and encourage me to become hungry first mm. and to rediscover um, my love for Jesus and, and to re-centralize him in my life. So I think for each of us, um, more than we, before we think about any kind of creating movement, we should be looking at ourselves and go, am I hungry or am I spiritually malnourished? What do I need to do to commune more deeply with Jesus again? Mm. And then the final one I want to bring us to today is I think we need for many of us to do something about our cynicism and our skepticism. Yep. For every move of God, um, you look back, there were people who went to the Welsh renewal and said it wasn't real. And there were people who went to Azusa Street and said it was heretical. And at Ratanapa, our own Anglican church, which we sit in the headquarters of here, said it wasn't a real move of God. And mm -hmm. so there's always that temptation, and we saw that with Asbury, that there were people coming out online saying, oh, it's not real. If it was really God, it would be like this, it would be like that. And so I think there's, um, there is a tendency in us sometimes to move beyond kind of a holy sort of critique um, and into cynicism and protecting ourselves. There's a great quote from um, Rachel Howard Evans from her book Searching for Sunday where she said this. She said, cynicism is a powerful anesthetic which we use to numb ourselves to pain, but which also by its nature numbs us to truth and joy. Grief is healthy. Even anger can be healthy. But numbing ourselves with cynicism in an effort to avoid feeling those things is not. Mm. And I think that's really shifted some of my thinking around cynicism, where I think once upon a time I would have screamed at people and say, stop being so cynical. <laughs> yeah. um, but now um, the question I more want to ask of myself and others is like, who hurt you or what hurt you? You know, and as she says in there, Grief is healthy. Even anger can be healthy, but don't numb yourself. And so do we need to grieve? Do we need to get angry with God? Do we need to scream at the heavens to move beyond a cynicism that means that we'll reject the renewal when it comes? What internal work do we need to do? Mm. 
And so those three things, again, we need to gather together praying remnants. We need to say, Jesus, I love you with all of my heart. And then we need to look at the nature of our cynicism, our skepticism, and deal with the things within us that is creating that. So those are some initial ideas here of how I think we can respond to this. Jazz, I wonder if there's one or two of those that are particularly on top for you as we think about this today. Yeah, well, what I'm really hearing you say, Scotty, is that before we can be expectant for um, the Holy Spirit to pour out, we have to be willing to seek kind of personal renewal first. And that might look like lots of self-examination and repentance and, like you said, expressing anger at God. Um, and I think that's a really good challenge for me and for us. When you're talking about cynicism, it makes me think of what Mark Sayers calls dead orthodoxy. We're in this place where a lot of us maybe have quite theologically sound beliefs, maybe, or progressive values, perhaps, but our faith is very much just affirmed with our mind and not mm. in our hearts. And so, yeah, we're living a dead faith, I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. One picture I've been holding out to people recently around this thing of, you know, cynicism and skepticism, um, because I feel this too, you know, Mm. like sometimes as I'm saying these things, I'm like, oh, what are you saying? (laughs) Um, But one of the reflections for me has been um, about two or three years ago, I went through a, a marriage separation and in the year following that, I took five weddings. Um, oh. So I would stand, you know, six to 12 inches away from people making these vows, mm. which was, you know, could have been like quite a triggering space for me. Yeah. And so each time I took one of these weddings, I had to examine my heart and look at these people and know they really meant it. And then that covenant could be real. Mm. And that was a battle with my own woundedness and my own cynicism. But it brought me to this realization that far from running from the thing that hurt me, it was actually standing six to 12 inches away from people with that kind of joy making these commitments that actually rehabilitated my understanding in it. Mm, And I kind of wonder if for many of us um, who wrestle with our own cynicism and skepticism when we think about renewal, if what we could actually do is get near to those people whose faces are alive with it and begin to um, have our hearts transformed by that. Mm. The reality is is that what kind of, I guess, repels people from the church or from Christianity is not actually the good news and Jesus. Mm. It's Mm. dead orthodoxy and cynicism and, Mm. yeah, Christians not demonstrating the face of Jesus. Mm. Totally, totally. Well, Jazz, it's been a cool three weeks talking about this. We'll catch you all next week. This has been the Catch Podcast. You can find out more at www.catchnetwork.org.nz. See you next week.